So I have a treat for everybody today. I have an interview with Mara Costa, nurse, 14 years with the crazy awesome career in flight, trauma, ICU, neuro, kind of every realm of nursing that there is out there. So uh, let's uh, do this and we'll give a warm welcome to Mara. You're listening to Medically Unbiased. Unbiased. Offering an unbiased discussion about all things medical. See? An unbiased opinion. Medically speaking? Yeah. Medically Unbiased. Hello, Mara. How you doing? Good. How are you? Doing really good. We were chatting before the show about goofy stuff we have to ask each other. I've known you for what now? God. Eight years? Ten years? Something, something like that? Something. Let's see. I'd say eight. Yeah. Seven, eight years. Something like that. Yeah. When you were working in the ER. I know. And you a, were a baby. I was a baby. Yeah. You were a baby baby. I wasn't even a nurse yet, no. I don't think. I was just a goofy tech in the hospital back oh, in the day. I know. But you knew your shit and that's all it mattered. <laughs> I'd always call you. Well, it was helpful. You know, I saw a lot of EKGs. That's not, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was what I did every day, all day long. So You helped me. That's all I know. <laughs> so you now are a nurse practitioner. I am. And you specialize in neurology. I do. How do you like it? I love it. Do you? Is it way better than being a bedside nurse? It's different. Okay. Um, being a bedside nurse is fantastic, and I love it. I would probably still do it if my back would allow me. Oh, yeah. The but, moving fatties is hard. Yeah. People are so fat. It's they awful. are. It's horrible right now. Yeah. Everyone's big. Yeah. I told my patients, I said, walk out of here and count on your hands the number of fat people you walk by. Yeah. And you'll be out of fingers before you get to the Yeah. Front no, door. legit. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you'll be like, oh, shit, I'm out of fingers. <laughs> it's true. 100%. There's yeah. Fat people everywhere. Yeah. You know? Yeah. When you start paying attention. And what people don't understand that are listening to this, that, so the both of you that are listening to this show. Right. Yeah. Thank <laughs> all you. Two or three. Yeah. Thank you. All two or three of you. <laughs> Um, so the people who are listening to the show that aren't in the medical field, what happens is, uh, you get someone who's morbidly obese, four or 500 pounds, and now they're in the hospital and they don't feel good. And then they're intubated and sedated in an ICU. They're not helping you move that weight. No, 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 no. And there's nobody to help you either. So it's just you and your back breaking right. every single time, every two hours. Yeah. Every two hours you got to turn a patient, yep. right? Mm-hmm. So picture picking up a 90 pound bag of cement at the mm-hmm. at the Home Depot or Lowe's or wherever you buy your hardware, Menards. So you pick up a bag of cement. That's fairly heavy for most people. And then four or five times that yeah. is what you're moving. Every two hours. Every two hours. And sure, you have a sheet. You can move. Yeah. Oh, that's thanks for nothing. Exactly. So recently, we were. I've been talking about COVID a lot on this show because it seems to be the only topic in America. Well, there's COVID. I guess there was a presidential election. I don't even know. I heard a story. Yeah. <laughs> Something about people were voting. But there's COVID and everything's COVID. Like you stub your toe, COVID. It's COVID. Sneeze. You got the COVID. Got the got the vid, man. You're gonna, mm-hmm. be, you're gonna die. It's terrible. So what I did a little bit of research, uh a lot of cases. Everyone's talking about lockdowns and the cases going up. What are you seeing in hospitals? A lot of cases? Oh yeah. Um so recently at the facility I'm at I left on a Friday, and there was several in one particular ICU, COVID. Came back Monday, and the entire unit was COVID. Oh, wow. Just one ICU. 
Okay. And there's several of them. Yeah. But, uh, and not just, oh, you know, you're awake and you've got COVID. No, no. You are intubated, sedated, face down, moved every several hours, COVID. Right. Bad COVID. Sick, sick, sick people. Mm-hmm. And young. Oh, you're getting younger people now. Yeah. And it almost made me feel like, what the, what the fuck, dude? Like, right. I usually don't get nervous about things. Right. You know, like trauma and, and weird shit happening. Like, okay, I can hold my composure. But I remember standing there going, what the fuck, man? Like, yeah. this is legit crazy. It's weird to, you hear about it. But mm-hmm. then when you're in there and you're looking around and you're like, this could, this could be me. Oh yeah, that's a good way of looking at it, I guess. Like these guys it. and you know these people are in their thirties and their forties and they're tubed and and sick as shit. And I'm like, that could be me. Okay, but do, do they have? We hear this all the time. Mm-hmm. The comorbidity and that obesity is the number one comorbidity out there. So do they have? Are they obese? Some of them are, yeah. Okay. But then some of them are not, and they're you know like, and of course I don't know the details on all of them because yeah. most of them are not my patients anyway, but you know, you, you kind of just look at them through the glass and you're like, well, you don't look like the typical super sick COVID. ICU yeah, person. Exactly. Exactly. So because there is a presentation of an ICU patient and you kind of oh, yeah. know the, Oh shit patient. Yeah. You do. You of all people do. Cause you've seen it from multiple perspectives. You've been a flight nurse. Mm-hmm. You've been a trauma ICU nurse. You've been an, a medical ICU nurse, neurological ICU nurse. You've done open heart recovery. Yeah. I mean, you've done the run the gamut when it comes to critical care. Yeah. So now being at the top of your game as a nurse practitioner, you're able to kind of assess. And I think years ago I used to say that the med surge nurse, the first year med surge nurse would take their full hour assessment would be a full assessment. It would right. literally be head to toe. They would know every speck of dust on this patient. Right, right, they right. would know everything. An ER nurse, their full head to toe assessment is seconds. Mm-hmm. It's like they assessed you when you walked in the fucking yep. room, when you looked at the patient, you assessed every detail of them and you knew with a gut reaction, whether this patient was yep. going to be super sick or normal. Yeah, or sick or not sick. <laughs> right, kind of the, it's a yes Turkey or no. Turkey sandwich or I see you. Which one are you doing? <laughs> are you homeless and need a bus pass or yeah. are you getting a bed? <laughs> yeah, because which one you, is it? You might need a bed. I'm just saying. So you being able to say that is kind of scary to, should be scary to other people too, but it definitely makes me open my eyes to the situation. Oh, yeah. I mean, I had a gentleman today that was not COVID yesterday, COVID today, mm-hmm. awake and alert. And, um, you know, I go to do my assessment, but I'm doing it from the doorway. Yeah. And I, so, because I mean, now granted he's awake and he's alert and he's way more than six feet away from me. And, you know, I'm talking to him. I'm like, so you got COVID, huh? <laughs> and, uh, you know, good news. You didn't have a stroke, but you got COVID. <laughs> so are you seeing a lot of neuroemboli because of COVID? There's been, a, um, there's been discussion. I'm going to bounce all over the fucking place yeah. on this thing, but there's been discussion a lot about microembolisms, mm-hmm. pulmonary, uh, cardiovascular, yeah. neuro, um, peripheral artery disease. A lot of stuff has been mentioned. I've read different articles that have been talked about, and I just didn't know if that's you're seeing that. Yeah, or what's yeah you, we are. And there's a lot of patients that either they come back in after they've gone through their whole COVID you know, issue and now they're coming back in for other reasons and now oh, they're back. So they're, yeah. They, or they, they just they never discharge. left. 
<laughs> That's the worst. Yeah, like they've, they've been there for three months, four months, and now they have neuro changes and all of a sudden we're like, oh, now you've had a stroke or you have these micro bleeds or whatever, you know, and they're just not getting any better. So That's not good. No. And you see more younger than older people or is it just kind of now you're starting to see younger people? I don't know if it's because now I'm paying more attention, paying more attention to it. You know what I mean? Because I did outpatient for a while and then mm. now I'm back in inpatient setting. So I don't know if that's the case or if it really truly is now they're younger, you know? Right. So that makes sense. Yeah. It's, it's for me, I don't necessarily see a lot of COVID cases because most of my patients are cardiac patients. Right. Right. So they're walkie talkie mm-hmm. in my office or they're coming in with chest pain and seldom is my chest painter right. th- in the hospital because of COVID. They have true chest pain. Their troponins are elevated and they're having a heart attack. Right. 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 right, right. They're going to cath lab and they're discharging them in two day or day or whatever and sending right. them home with no COVID. However, recently, some of my patients that I find that I get called for congestive heart failure onset or worsening congestive heart failure and they're super swollen they don't have chf right freaking sure their bnp might be elevated and they have a history of chf but we do an echo and their ejection fraction is normal right and you're like hmm. i'm like why is this a problem and the deeper we dig finally they'll do a covid swab and find out the patient's covid positive and they've got like worsening kidney function to the nth degree oh yeah exactly like pushing dialysis they went from i had a patient the other day in four days went from normal kidney function to an ESRD of like 20. Jeez. In four days. And puffy. Yeah. You can't get rid of the fluids. Jesus. Yeah. So the question becomes, and then they start getting neurochanges all of a sudden. And you're like, is it urosepsis? Mm-hmm. And you run down this road of, okay, it's not COVID because they tested the first time. They tested them and they were negative. Yeah. And then they retest them four days later and they're positive. Yeah. And you're like, well, shit, I've been in the room like five times legit like that's what happens every Talking day with family <laughs> yeah. chatting with everybody having a good old time yeah and then i'm like is this mask okay do i need should i be in a hazmat suit every day like it really makes you question like yeah. oh am i protected enough and i'm not i'm not even at the bedside like i truly cannot understand what it's like to be a bedside nurse right now no in, t- in today's world i think it's a very scary endeavor to be at the bedside and i commend the nurses that oh, have yeah, stuck 100%. around and stayed there because I don't know that I would. I would. I, there's no way. I'd be fired. You and I would be fired <laughs> because we're mouthy. And we'd be like, I'm not taking this. Right. Can, we, can, we are mouthy yeah, yeah, for exactly. sure. We have lots of problems that way. So <laughs> <laughs> so I don't think that I'd be able to, to do that job. And these nurses are d- doing it day in and day out. You know. I think I'd be able to do it if they gave me the right equipment. Yeah. But I don't think the nurses... At least early on, no, maybe now, yet. but yeah. early on they didn't have the right equipment. Exactly. And I know for a fact I would have been fucking oh, fired no. or yeah, I would fired, have escorted out by, yeah. yeah, by security. Yeah, Please 100%. don't come back ever. Yeah. You're a problem, child. Yeah. We don't want you here. Story of my life. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, I would have definitely. But now it might not be bad now, but they, there was not enough pappers to go around. No, I know. and uh, But I mean, I see these nurses day in and day out. They're just, they're just fucking doing it. And awesome. God bless them. I mean, seriously. I just look at them like, I, I don't even know what to give you because you're, like, you're such a badass. I don't even know what to say. Like, <laughs> right. Like, like, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> right. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Thank you. So when it comes to how do we move out of this and move forward, I have this kind of weird, I found some weird articles. Of course you that, did. <laughs> Shocking. Shocking. Tyler found weird articles. So I found weird articles and the weird articles to me, 
So weird, you know me, and weird would not generally be something I'm using as the term. No. The average public might say it's weird. Yeah. But I found this article and it makes so much fucking sense. It talks about how can the porn industry that helped Hollywood, how can they help COVID people move forward from COVID? I just, I have such a visual in my head at this moment. Like, I don't know. Is that, I think that's wrong, <laughs> but I'm not sure. But I'm carry sure, on, sir. <laughs> well, I don't know what your visual is, but let's assume I'm not even going to say. <laughs> Fair enough. This is a family friendly show. A, what the hell? Not really. No. Um, in the porn industry, they had a huge problem with HIV. Right. Oh, yeah. In the 90s. Um, it hit them really hard, and they had a hard time determining. Who was infected? Who wasn't? Right. How do they do trace? And I think the porn industry, it sounds just bizarre to say, but they were really good about protecting their talent. Yeah. They kept people safe from getting HIV. And whether people want to really discuss porn is not the issue here. No, it's just... Porn is there, people. I'm sorry. Fucking porn is everywhere. Everywhere. (laughs) Everywhere. It's... It's free. It costs money. It's all over the damn place. Right. We live in Vegas. There's oh, porn on it's everywhere. It's on billboards here. I have my daughter. When we took her to, where she flew out to. My stepdaughter took her to see her dad. Uh huh. She must have been seven. So this was years ago. And uh, <laughs> take her to see her dad and drop her off at the airport with him. And she says, "Why are those guys not wearing shirts?" <laughs> Ah. And it was the thunder from down oh, under yeah. billboard. Uh-huh. Like, and the guys are all posed with their little teeny bikini yeah. bottoms and they're, they're yeah. all oiled up. And I went, well, it's hot yeah. <laughs> and it's sunny outside. Yeah, I mean, know? it's Vegas. So, yeah, that was a weird kind of, How do you broach that subject? But anyway, I digress. Yeah. Uh, the porn industry has taken this approach to protect their their employees their actors, um, and I think they did an amazing job of squashing what could have really run rampant through that industry and killed a lot of people. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because at the time, we didn't really, not that we have a cure for HIV, but we do have a treatment where you won't die from HIV now. Right. So I think we could learn from, we as a medical society should look to outside industries like that that have beat something Oh, yeah, for sure. Similar and done contact tracing and been able to follow people who have had this disease process or whatever the disease is and protect others from it. Right. But do you think American College Cardiology is going to talk to you? Probably not. uh, Brazzers. (laughs) Our first meeting is in Chatsworth. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm not thinking that conversation is going to happen anytime I just want to be a fly on the wall if it does. That's all I'm oh, saying. Yeah, you and me both. That would be a, <laughs> for sure. That's yeah. an awesome conversation. So I don't know. What do you think? Do you think that's a, a reasonable assumption that we could look to somebody like that to help? Yeah, I mean, I don't care if it's somebody in the porn industry or somebody who, you know, does deep sea diving or, I mean, who the fuck cares? Just figure out a way to make it better so that not... Right. We're not more than what? What is it? A quarter of a million have died so far. Yeah, yeah, ish. Two hundred twenty-five thousand. Yeah. So I highlighted last week on the podcast that Texas. I compared Texas to Australia. Uh huh. And Australia, 
is about 25 million people. I guess Texas is about 29 million people. Texas has a lot of deaths. Australia has a thousand deaths, a couple thousand deaths. Wow. It, totally different. Different worlds. Maybe we should talk to Australia. That's what I'm saying. But see, they shut everything down. I mean, when they said, you try and shut America down. Try. Just try. I know. Even California. One of the most draconian laws and guidance systems they've ever had out there to shut people down. Can't. Yeah, I know. You can't shut our borders. Like our outside border. We can't, we couldn't shut it down from illegal immigration. I know. (laughs) We're definitely not going to shut it down from people coming across state borders. You're not going to shut. So you can go from California to Nevada pretty fucking easy. Oh, yeah. So so if Nevada is not shut down exactly how California was shut down, South Dakota never shut down. Mm-hmm. They had, you know, a big party with uh, Sturgis. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Even though all the stories and reports of all the illnesses that came out of Sturgis aren't true, because I did a bunch of looking for that, and it's bogus. It's right. a bunch of political bullshit. But the point is that they didn't, you know, shut down at all. So... Australia shut everything down. You couldn't drive between states, I guess they're going mm-hmm. there. You couldn't go from one place to the other. You were literally shut down for months. That's crazy. So, sure, they were able to squash it, but at what cost? Because this is the first time financially Australia's ever going to see uh, a recession. Right. In, in like 80 years or something, they have a major financial recession. So they killed their economy. Sure, they stopped COVID, but then let's look at the numbers, right? So 225,000 are dead, right? Right. Against 330 million people. We fuck this calculation up constantly. Oh, yeah. The calculation is against the amount of people alive or in the population, not the amount of positive tests. But they always want to compare positive tests to deaths. That's because the number is smaller. That fraction is a lot smaller. But you can't do that, right? Right. Statistically. I mean, you were in statistics. You had to take statistics for school. Yeah, but I think you helped me with that. (laughs) (laughs) You're the reason why I'm here. This is all your fault. It's not my fault. It's all your fault. You can't blame me for this. can't blame. You you drug me along kicking and screaming. Are you kidding me? Don't you blame me for your shit show. (laughs) Don't blame me for your shit show. Okay, so if we can't, if we're not going to f- talk to the porn industry and we're not going to listen to Fauci because he's rambling on about political jargon, what do we just all just sit back and wait for someone else to save us, or are we going to? What, what's going to ne- the next process? I guess that's my concern. What's the next thing? I don't to know. Do? I mean, there's so many different people that have all these different ideas about what's the best for everybody together, and but is it worth it? And Yes, we're talking about lives, but we all have to pay our mortgage and, you know, like, especially here in Vegas, I mean, we have so many people that are out of work and now we have all this other shit show that's happening with crime and debts and just crazy shit because you can't work. I mean, we're lucky that we get to still work, but at what cost though? I mean, it's taking a toll on my family. It's taking a toll on yours. Oh yeah. 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 I mean, every day you're like, oh and, I have it? Well, mm-hmm. and so I commend you because you're a single mom, made it through master's degree program, all your nursing, have a kid. So it's expensive to fucking have someone watch the kid. Oh, yeah. 
Not a, that's not a cheap thing. Yeah, yeah. I was very lucky that I had two amazing Mannies. First, what they were with them for seven years. Right. Um, worth every penny. Yes. But now, you know, because he's older, mm-hmm. um, and now he's home because of online school, which makes me want to kill myself. But anyway, yeah, right. with everybody else that's out there, with our three other viewers that are listening, <laughs> they have yeah. children. Um, so, yeah, online, I don't know, I mean, online I, school's brutal. It's awful. But, you know, I mean, I'm, I was very lucky. Right. But I think most people would say that they couldn't even afford right now to oh, God, no. put their kid in a... I mean, if, so let's say everyone went back to work today. Fucking nobody's coming to Vegas. Oh, no. I mean, people are showing up. Don't get me wrong. There's people coming here. But the money people are not coming. Oh, no, like the big whales. The whales are... The whales whales are probably dead. They might be. They were in China. (laughs) A lot of people in China. (laughs) It's true. I'm just saying. Yeah, no, okay. (laughs) Um, A lot of money in China. The people who were coming to Vegas that were supporting the big parties in Vegas were not the, you know, bachelorette parties. No, no, no. They were coming to town and like, oh my God, we drank a bunch of martinis and we're from Idaho. I mean, God bless you guys. It's so cute. Yeah, I know. It's so cute. But they weren't financially supporting Vegas. Financially supporting Vegas was the gambling in Vegas. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's the only industry we have here. There's fucking nothing else. It's going to completely shut down our entire economy at some point in time. Yeah, it's pretty scary. There's four or five casinos that aren't even going to possibly open. Like Palms had a $20 million remodel, and they're like not open. That's insane. They're not open. And they're not, they don't even know they're going to open. That was now two weeks ago. They don't even know they're going to reopen ever again. That's just crazy. Cirque du Soleil filed bankruptcy. Oh my God. I didn't even know that. Yeah. I mean, I've been in my own bubble, obviously, like work, but still. COVID COVID bubble. I guess. The COVID bubble. Yeah. (laughs) Part of the COVID bubble, anyway. Yeah. Okay. So let's take a break for a second. We'll come back and we'll chat more with my friend. Unbiased. All right, we're back from our long-awaited break. So, neurology. What's a good rule of thumb for a time frame on doing a neural assessment for the average person? And when I say the average person, I don't mean um, you. <laughs> <laughs> Because really uh, that's really not fair. Because no. <laughs> your neuroassessment's like 37 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Let's face it. You do When you do as many of them as you do, yeah. it's a really fast process. It took a long time to, to learn that. I'm sure, sure it did. I'm sure it did. Yeah. But just like with, with cardiology, I mean, it takes a long time and then you're like, nah, 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 you know. No, I'm not like that. Okay. I'm still in the fake it till I make it stay. Yeah, right. So <laughs> Legit. 100%. Well, I can tell you that I remember... Before I was a nurse, when I interviewed at my first job, I was still in nursing school, and they 
you sit down with all the ICU, you know, uh, units and they ask you, you know, all these questions. And so when I got to neuro, the director was like, well, you know, how do you know if, if somebody is, you know, if, 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 if they're, if they're getting sicker or, you know, how do you know these things? And I'm thinking to myself, Oh fuck. I don't fucking know the answer. Like <laughs> I'm not even out of school. I don't even know where I parked the car. Like what's, I don't know. I don't know. Right. And so I just kind of blurted out like, well, what were they like before? <laughs> like accidentally. Blurted yeah. That like, out. no, I mean, legit, that's exactly what I said. And she was like, yeah, absolutely. And I was like, what? <laughs> Oh my god! I just like I won, um, but that's I legit. Totally passed the test. Yeah, but that's legit. The fight that we have every day in neurology because we have people like, oh, you know, I don't know. I guess the night nurse said it was this, or the day nurse said it was this. It, well, what were they before? Like, right. what were they before? Right. And it's it's like fighting to get a neuro assessment. Like, could you just take a second, check your patient out when you get there? That's right. all I'm really asking you to do. And if there's a change, you probably should call me. You know, easy. Yeah. Just say, pick up the phone. Yeah. Say, hey, Mara, um, my patient's no longer breathing. I'm yeah. Just yeah. Or whatever. You know, I mean, you know, <laughs> I'm fine. I'll come over and yeah, check it out. And, right. you know. We'll do something. Yeah. But I think that's a huge thing is just like, what were you before? And there, there's a huge disconnect across the board in med surge nursing, in even in ICU, even in like the neuro ICU, mm-hmm. there's a huge disconnect. So how do you how do you fix that? What do you think is the key to? Is there a tool that you could develop? Education is legit the way to go, which unfortunately is difficult, especially now because you can't get, put a bunch of people in a classroom and be like, okay, so we're going to learn how to do a neuro assessment, right? But do you think doing that is effective? Because you and I have both been to tons of classes. And do you think any of the stuff we no, learned? No, you want to like get out of there because you're tired. You just came off shift. You're like, please, God, get me out of here. I, you know. What's the answer? Just tell me yeah, the fucking answer. What'd you get for number one? You yeah. know. Right. Um, <laughs> but there are, in fact, I was just having this conversation with one of the neurosurgery nurse practitioners because we've kind of had these same difficulties recently. And, mm-hmm. you know, how do you present this to on a grand scale of, of education for nurses through the whole house right. and how much time do you spend on it? And what are you really teaching? Like, are you teaching a detailed assessment or are you teaching just like some basic stuff? And, and I think the whole across the board is what are you doing and why is it important? Cause if you don't know the why, yeah, it doesn't make sense. No, I understand that. So if I can explain to somebody why you're doing this particular exam and what does it really mean? then maybe it makes better sense and then they do it. I don't know. Do you, So I've wondered about this a little bit when it comes to cardiology. Do you think it would benefit you for a nurse, a new nurse, mm-hmm. you know, a new grad nurse that's coming to the hospital to shadow you for a day? I, yeah, I'll for it, yeah. yeah so if every, every new grad nurse had to do a one-day shadow with neuro and a day shadow with cardiology in a day shadow with, you know what I mean? Oh yeah. With nurse practitioners. So we seem to be the ones that are more than willing to do that. I don't think doctors are willing to have that time. That Yeah. And I think it depends on what institution that they're in. Yeah. Teaching institutions are much different than a oh, private yeah. hospital for sure. Yeah. Hands down. But I think that if, if you have somebody that's exposed to it with like constant repetition, that's the only way you're going to notice like, Hey, wait, there's, there's something a, different. But there's a difference between constant repetition from a very abrasive do it because I say so attitude and a 
hey, this is why. Right. Here's the reason why we do it. So let's try it again, but try it, you know. Right. Again, explaining the why. Why the, the is supportive, this matter? The supportive yeah. side of it, I guess, is what yeah, I'm looking exactly. for. Yeah, exactly. Right. Okay. Um, so if we can't fix it now, how how do you just, you just deal with it? You suck it up and just like, oh, whatever. I guess my assessments are just going to be yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> I mean, um, how do you juxtapose that from what you want to what you have? How what you, you know, it's it's so hard because it's, it, I think it's with, not just with neuro, but, you know, with cardiology or, or just even the basic patient that all of a sudden there's a change. You have to be able to recognize that and then tell somebody. Right. And sometimes people are either, they don't understand it. And so that because they're afraid of it, they don't want to speak up. And then they, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to bother so-and-so or I don't want to make it seem like I know, I don't know what I'm doing or, or, you know, there's like that fear and it's, if you just call me and tell me, then I don't know. My methodology was like, if the doctor's going to yell at me, he's going to yell at me, whatever. I'm just going to hang out the phone afterwards and go about my day. So it doesn't really fucking matter. Right. But at least I called. But that's been your attitude. Yeah, no, I was born that way. Right. Like, what are you doing here? <laughs> so I don't know. I mean, I think it's just trying to teach whoever you're with, like, hey, this is what you need to do. and Why? Yeah. So I've learned that too, but it seems that the training is slow because I'm teaching one person a day. I know. I it's know. a lot of, it's a lot of, I don't mind teaching at all. I have no problems right. teaching. It's, and especially if they want to learn, it's a lot different. Oh yeah. hundred percent. And I find that if I'm more approachable, the nursing staff will be more than willing to talk to me. Oh yeah. But if I'm abrasive, like you and I have both dealt with super abrasive doctors. Yeah. And even our egotistical I know, right? caricatures that we are <laughs> yeah, I know. still have a hard time going up to that super, you know, condescending doctor and be like, so can you show me how to do a fucking neuroscience? Yeah, like, I know. Yeah, that's like, not get gonna, out of my face. <laughs> right? Like I will squash you with yeah. every ounce of my being. Right. Exactly. And I think that's part of our job, especially as nurse practitioners is to help change that culture. Bridge that gap. Yeah. Because you have, you know, yes, we have more schooling and, you know, we, we, we're more independent now. And so, you know, if I've got a nurse, that's like, I don't understand what this means. Well, let me tell you. So, cause in the end, you're going to make my job a lot easier if you know what the you're doing. But, you know, I mean, but again, it's for the patient because it sucks when, you know, you've got someone who doesn't really understand what's happening. And then right. these sequence of events that happen, and especially with neurology, some stuff you don't get back. So if you can get it handled in the beginning, you you run that you see, risk. You, yeah like it's like time is muscle it, for exactly. for heart tissue it's probably yeah. the same with the brain tissue right? yeah yeah so if you can just hey if i can teach you how to do this and so that and then you have confidence and then you want to call me or or whoever right then it's better for the patient in the long run and and that's really what matters at the end of the day anyway right it's all about the patient and i i tried the other day to compliment a nurse um i complimented her directly but there was a she didn't uh, caught an amazing thing on a patient mm-hmm. and I just wanted to give her some sort of attaboy right. accolade, yeah, whatever. Yeah. I couldn't find a charge nurse for the floor. <laughs> COVID land for some reason, everyone's fucking disappeared. I couldn't find a supervisor that oversees that unit that right. was in the hospital that day. It's now been two weeks. I forgot what her name was. I can tell you what she looks like, right. but I can't remember what her name was. So I went to the, uh, medical staff liaison to try and say, like, I want to give this person an attaboy. Right. And I think this is what the person's name was, but I don't know who, like, 
why is that not? It's very easy to complain, right? You I, could find places to fucking complain all day long, but I can't find somewhere. There's a somewhere. box for that. Yeah, no, there is I a complaint box. I had the same box. situation. I had a nurse that did an amazing job with a particular patient, and I the next day I wanted to like go to the chargers, and she's like, oh, well, once I found her, um, oh, you know, that person actually doesn't work in our unit. She just floated here, and I was like, okay, oh. so can you relay this message or should you want me to go? Like, like I, how does this work? Yeah. I, I was very, very odd. And maybe it's just cause I don't know that process, but it was harder. I don't believe it's there harder, is a process. It's harder to give <laughs> compliments, compliments than it is to complain. <laughs> like, what the, it, it does. It's so backwards. It makes no sense. But the more I started thinking about it, I thought, okay, now I understand why all they care about is the fucking patient, you know, survey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's their only, the only thing that they know is the patient survey. Right. They don't care that the doctor was happy, the nurse practitioner was content, the nurse did a good job. There's no information for that in most facilities. I would venture to guess there's some good in, good facilities have some really good data right. and have developed a way to track that. And God bless them. That's awesome. Right, yeah. yeah Congratulations, no, for sure. good job, people. If if the two of you out there work there, yes, I know. send me something to yeah, medicallyunbiased.com. <laughs> For sure. It's info at medicallyunbiased. <laughs> send me your stuff. I'll put it in my uh, hospital. See if I can't get that worked in. You know what I mean? Yeah. So sure. I just want to be like, uh, oh, let's see if I can do this. It would be like. Uh, Speak as you might to a young child <laughs> or a golden retriever. Yeah. So <laughs> give me the data. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, right. Come on, man. <laughs> so, I love that one. <laughs> yeah, I know. The Biden. Come on, man. I was going to put more on there, but I thought I better stay out of trouble. Oh, we should yeah. probably do an ad. I'd like to here. thank our sponsor, the U.S. Postal Service. When you want something expensive thrown on your porch and stolen, you want the U.S. Postal Service. And I just want to thank them for uh, all my packaging. Yeah, I know. Thank you. You guys are yeah. great. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So we've done the neuro assessment thing. What, when you start looking at neuroassessments, what's your first thing to look at? I meant to ask you. Is it, do you go head to toe? Do you go systems? Oh, you that's start, a good question, yeah. Um, is it like, you know, heart, brain? Lung, right, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Or is it, you know, eyes, ears, mouth, and so, nose? So, you know, with nursing, obviously, everything is head to toe, head to toe, head to toe. It doesn't matter. You know, you got to do the same thing every time where you screw something up, right? It's just right. like... You know, you get up and you start your day, you do the same thing every time. But then the one time you're like, I'm going to wash my left arm before my right arm. And then your whole day is screwed, right? That's exactly the same thing with your assessment. Like, don't switch it up. You head to toe every time, right? That's how that's how nighttime nurses drive home. Yeah. Because they do the same route yeah. because they're halfway asleep. Oh, yeah. Like, hands down. How many times I got home and I was already half, already sleeping. Oh, my God. Car, yeah. Right. Um, no, I, I literally just try to go in and, and first determine like are you awake and do you know that i'm there because so if you ever go into yeah like so if you ever go into a neural unit a neural unit is usually or should be really loud like every hour like the nurses are screaming at the patients right do you know where you are? What year is it? And they're like screaming all the time. And I never understood. they're not understood. deaf. I thought it was a neuro. No, it's, oh, yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. I, it's kind do of. Do you like, understand the yeah. words that are coming out of my mouth? Is that what yeah. you're saying? Yeah. Okay. Okay. It's exactly what it's like. <laughs> but the whole purpose is, can I get you, the patient, to understand what's happening without me giving you any kind of stimulus except for my voice? What is your major mouth? 
option, numbnut. Like that. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, obviously if they don't respond, then you get a little bit louder and you get a, bit, a little bit louder. And then, then you're, you know, then you want to touch them. Then you want to, cause you want to figure out, well, what are you, what can you do without me doing anything to you? Okay. You know? Um, and so I usually try to start with that, but it's always the same thing every time. So it's always, you know, can you understand what I'm saying? Do you hear me? No, you don't hear me. Okay. Well, okay. So now I have to get a little bit louder and oh no, now you're still not hearing me. And then, then it's okay. Now I got to give you some painful stimulus. And if that doesn't work, it's got to be more. Some, some old school physicians will come right in and start screaming at the patient. Can you like, Hey, Mr. Smith, open your eyes, open your eyes. And they don't do it. And all of a sudden they're like pinching them. And you're like, wait, you went from zero to a hundred, like real quick, buddy. You didn't even think about, you didn't even give him a chance to wake up. There's bro. a lot like, of steps in between. Yeah, that. Like, like, ow. <laughs> and I've seen um, like neurosurgeons go in and just automatically like pinch the patient's nipples. And I'm like, if you ever did that to me, I'd punch you right in the fucking mouth. <laughs> yeah. And no matter, even if I couldn't use my arms. Yeah. No, I, I just figured out a way. <laughs> But no, I mean, you have to stab you with a stiletto. Yeah, I know. Right in the friggin' eye. (laughs) No, but I mean, you have to go through your steps every time. Just like when you listen to the heart, you got to listen to in the same pattern every single time. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think once you master that, then it's the same thing as your ER nurse that knows if you're sick or not sick when you're across the room, you just walk in and you're like, "Mm, that guy doesn't look good. Yeah. Well, I always laughed when they talked about the not neuro assessment, but just the general yeah. Patient assessment. And you learn that at nursing school. And it was always it takes funny. like four hours to do. Yeah. yeah <laughs> the, the full assessment. And everyone's <laughs> scared for their sign off and they're worried because they're like oh someone's God. judging them. Carol's such a hard instructor. She's going <laughs> to totally fail me today. Karen. She's such a Karen. She's such a Karen. Oh my God. <laughs> Have you seen her haircut? It's fucking horrible. Like, no. Every now, although, do you know that every now, uh, every time I have a patient that's named Karen, every time I say it, I'm like, oh. Cringy. Does she, know? Does she know that her name is Karen? <laughs> I think they do. They all know. <laughs> they, do they hate they their do. names? They do. They all hate their names now. <laughs> Everyone hates. If, I, if my name was Karen, I would just get the haircut. I would fucking <laughs> full on own it. I would own all of it. I'd have the haircut. I would have the walk. I'd have oh the leopard God. skin purse. I would be that dude. Yeah, let me or speak to your manager. I'm going to speak to manager. <laughs> awful it's so bad but it's so true (laughs) i know it's so good so in nursing school when you when you would do an assessment a patient assessment the head to toe assessment was like your first pass off kind of yeah technical pass off and to me it i was i was it was unfair for me in a way because i was a paramedic oh it's totally different before i was a nurse Mm mm-hmm so my assessment was more an ER nurse's assessment mm-hmm. because they assess a lot like paramedics. Assess. Yeah, oh yeah, totally. Um, or you were a flight nurse. Yeah. So you, and you were a trauma nurse. So you understand the assessment is just different. Yeah. Um, so I had a hard time passing that off because I didn't do the thing. Yeah. So when I started becoming more knowledgeable and working full time and then seeing new grad nurses come into our unit to round with us or train with right. us, you would watch them do, and you, you just had to, I don't know if it's a fucking like a rite of passage or Yeah, what. cause you know, they're like, they're fumbling, but you gotta do it. You gotta let them fumble. You gotta watch it happen. And yeah. And you have to enjoy it a little yeah, bit. Yeah, no, because you're like, I was there, man. It <laughs> yeah, you you do enjoy that. I'm sorry. I've I've done some mean stuff. You know what yeah, I mean? Like we all have. <laughs> but but I enjoyed that for a moment. And then 
I would say, okay, when you walked around the bed and talked to that person, did they respond to you? Mm-hmm. And did they respond appropriately? Like if you said good morning, did they say fuck you flowers yeah. or something yeah, like yeah, weird yeah. Tourette's or was yeah. it, oh, good morning. You know, was it normal? Right. If the response was normal, their eyes tracked you as you walked yeah. around the bed. You don't realize it. You've already ticked off. You've done a ton of assessment. It's like two. Yeah. That's <laughs> learn oriented. Right. Eyes are mm-hmm. functional. Yeah. They speak like, you know, they, you yeah. went through a lot of the cranial nerves already. Yeah. And you sure. haven't, and you walked in the room, like yeah. you did a lot of your assessment. So, and I don't know that ER nurses understand the level of knowledge that they bring to the table when they do those kind of assessments, mm-hmm. because for them, it just becomes ingrained. It's second yeah, it's just nature, second nature yeah. something they just do. But I do believe that you can teach that. I think oh, that's yeah. a, that's a teachable thing. Yeah. I remember when I first became a flight nurse and working with my my different paramedics, I felt like I didn't know anything anymore. Like I had my nursing stuff and my critical care, but like I literally had to relearn because we're taught totally different. Yeah. Pre-hospital is totally different. Yeah, than Paramedics are trained totally different than nursing Autonomous. and even physicians like when, with their, the way that they do their assessments and the, their lingo is it's totally different. So we all don't speak the same language and the way that we <laughs> like, it's totally different. So I remember having, you know, one of my paramedics trying to teach me and I was like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> like, it didn't make sense to me, but, right. but the more and more that I started to be around them and, and have them teach me, like, don't fall out of the helicopter and this is how you intubate <laughs> and, you know, um, it literally made don't me, don't fall out of the helicopter is important. No, I'm serious. My first paramedic partner was like, this is how you put your seatbelt on and this is how you get out. So you don't fall and look like an asshole on a scene. <laughs> This is number one importance. I was like, really? He's like, I'm telling you right now. <laughs> Thank you, Josh. Okay. That came from experience, by the way. Oh, yeah. That training that he just provided to oh, you. Oh, hands down. Train came directly from his experience. Yeah. That yeah. was not something that was told to him. No, it's not like in a book. No, no he probably no, no, no. fell out. He fell yeah. out of the fucking helicopter. Yeah. So, you know, but again. God like, bless him. Yeah, I know. He's a great medic, too. Um, no, but you, you learn these things from these people that have a totally way of different way of being taught. Okay. And it's, it's harder, I think, to learn these new things once all of a sudden you've been doing this stuff for so long and you're like, well, why are you doing this assessment this way? Well, that's because that's how they learn. Mm-hmm. But in, in reality, it's a huge tool that you don't really know exists because you haven't done it. So now if I walk into a room and I see a patient, I have all these different things in my head of my ICU, my ER, my flight term, my, you know, whatever. And I can be seeing everything in a different view than just a person who's just only done med surge nursing or a person that's only been a physician or a person, you know what I mean? Yeah. No, that's, it's kind of funny because I apply a lot of my previous career to mm-hmm. my current job. Oh yeah. I could see that. So I took a lot of my electronics engineering and I, you put that in the heart, right? So right. there's electrical and then I owned a construction company. So I explain the heart to people, to my patients like I would explain a house. Right. And I believe that my office is filled with physicians and it's more, I'm more like a project manager <laughs> and they are the contractors, different right. con- the contractors. So I've got plumbers, I've got electricians. Right. Oh yeah, for sure. I've got structural engineers that do like valves, right? So I've got all these different people within my office that could build the structure. Right. To fix the structure. And I look at the heart of the structure. Whereas neuro 
God bless you. Because to me, that's more computer programming. That's See, I'm like, I don't know. The heart beats, right? I don't know. <laughs> it's still beating. That's the goal, right? Fast, slow, no go. That's what one of my other flight nurses taught me. And I live to that every day. I'm like, what's it look like? Okay, what's that? <laughs> yeah, so you're trying, to do, you're trying to read the EKG. Yeah, I'm like, and all oh, you give a shit about is fast, EKG? slow, or yeah, not Exactly. Working. Yeah, fast, slow, no go. <laughs> that's, a really good, that's a really good way of seeing it. Well, <laughs> well, most of the funny sayings I learned were from medics. Oh, yeah. You know, because they, they have really good... Like, nursing doesn't... Like, okay, so, like, liberals don't know how to put memes together. That's a pretty <laughs> well-known fact, right? Liberals are bad at putting memes together. They're just dumb. The memes? The me- yeah, the memes, the memes. <laughs> it, you know, and I, I know this because my friends tell me, oh, my God, that was a stupid meme. I'm like, but it came from a liberal, so they'd say it's stupid or whatever. <laughs> so I know that. But I think in the same retrospect, nursing is really bad at putting down sayings together. They're fucking awesome at crafting. Like when there's a... Oh, yeah. Nurse, you need a, you nur- need a board done with glitter? Oh, shit. They will glitter up a bunch of poster board Hands for down. you every day. And there's yeah. going to be every holiday, there will be a fucking gingerbread meets pumpkin meets oh, yeah, yeah. flower yeah, sure. muffin. Mm-hmm. Something creative will be done. Yeah. Guaranteed. However, they're very bad at putting wording together. Mm-hmm. It will be the longest. I can't even think of one because I don't know that one comes up when I come. But like yeah. I had a paramedic instructor years ago explain syncope to me. And I'm like, okay, I get it. He goes, no, you're going to sink and pee if you're in a pool. <laughs> so if it's truly syncope, you're going to sink to the bottom because you're not breathing and you're going to pee your pants and you're going <laughs> to pee in the pool. That makes perfect sense. I'm like, holy shit. Yeah. That's Light bulb. Boom, right? And yeah. then I had a doctor tell me Lasix. It lasts six hours. Lasix lasts for six hours. Fantastic. I'm like, fuck it. Like, nursing Where would be like, Where have you been all my life? Right. Where did this come from? This super cool knowledge. Nursing would be like, Lasix. It's a long acting. Super- yeah. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, Just I shut don't up. <sighs> right. What? Uh, why are you doing I need coffee. I need What's, a poster who's board. Who's going to Starbucks? I'd like to. Who wants a Starbucks run? <laughs> <laughs> I need a poster board. That's yeah, what I, know, I need. I know, I know. Poster board time. All right, so let's do another break for fun, and then we'll come back with some more food. Medically unbiased. It's hour number four on medically unbiased. <laughs> Trafficking weather together on the eights. Every ten minutes on the fives. And I'm on the ones and twos. And you're on the ones and twos with, uh, we don't know. I don't even know. Because I don't do radio. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, this is awesome. I'm so glad we got to sit down and do this conversation. We've been talking about it for whatever, I know. right? I know. We're both just like so busy all the time. I know. Stupid. Adulting is stupid. Adulting is not fun. No. At all. I kind of. Yeah. Now that I've. It's really funny. We were talking about pain earlier. Like you have back pain. Yeah. All the time. Fucking nightmare. (laughs) Thanks, nursing. Yeah. Thanks, nursing. Thanks. That should be a. We should make a t-shirt. That should be a Mimi. A Mimi. (laughs) Shit. (laughs) So we should make a t-shirt on the back of it. It just says back pain. Yeah. And on the front, it says, thanks, nursing. Yeah, that'd be good. I'd probably sell. Yeah, I mean, you know, hey. 20- nurses like to buy shit, so, you know. 
nurses like to buy shit that says nursing on it. Oh, yeah, for sure. They like to fucking put their pictures up that says, I'm a nurse and look at me. Yeah. I'm not that dude. I don't And do like that. the the vaggie things, the badge, what oh, do you call that's them? the badge reels. That's stuff? important. Yeah. The like springy loaded badge reel. Yeah. And that's decorated. Yeah. Oh, well, decorated. I kind of have one actually. Oh, I was going to say. Yeah. Don't you have? But it doesn't say nurse on it. There's but another figure. No, but it's overtly decorated. It's adorable. I'm sure it is. Is it a unicorn? No. Is it purple or pink? It, it, it's purple. Okay. It's, yeah. it's, a, it's a Disney villain. So. Oh, I'm Maleficent. Yeah, of course. There, it is. <laughs> I, I know you. I, I know, know these things. <laughs> this is why we're friends. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, when it comes to the nursing side of things, and it, would you ever put a nursing license plate on your car that says, like, oh, God, no. Something nursing at all? On your car? No. But when I was, when I did flight, I had the, like the helicopter, like a helicopter sticker on my okay. back window. So you. I had one, I had one of those. So were you, you were proud of being on flight, but you're not proud of being a nurse. Is that what you're telling me? I'm just, I'm playing devil's advocate. I'm just being a dick, but really I want to know. No, no <laughs> what honestly. What was the reason for it? Um, because if I got pulled over. Because I was so exhausted from leaving the base after a 24-hour shift you were or 36. Home. I can't tell you how many police escorts I've had on the way home from flights. I'm not, I'm not even kidding. I'm sure there's been a few. Yeah. So like I got, you get pulled over and they're like, oh, you got a flight sticker? Or I've been, I was in my flight suit one time coming home. It was like three o'clock in the morning. Right. And um, do you know why I stopped you? I was like, oh. I don't know. I'm really tired, you know? Right. And he's like, well, you kind of were swerving. You know, what were you doing? And oh, I just, we just got back from a flight. It was, I don't know where we were like South Dakota or something like that. And he's like, well, you know, I, I see that you're, you know, flight nurse, whatever. I'm like, yeah. And he's like, well, why don't I just give you an escort home? And I thought, sweet, I'm not getting a ticket. This is fucking awesome. You know? So <laughs> like no, I mean, he happen. legit, yeah, he, he escorted me home and I got home safe and in bed and, you know, so but that was really the number one reason why I put it on there was because if I get pulled over, at least they know I'm kind of family. So right. maybe they won't fuck with me as much. <laughs> well, that's why I had fire department plates when I worked in Utah. Yeah. That's the only reason I had fire department plates. Yeah. Because you could get away with everything. It sounds oh, yeah. so so horrible to say now. Oh, I know. A, it's a thing. So, but as a guy, I can't flaunt really anything. Like there's nothing I'm going to be well, batting yeah. my eyes. No. Unless, I don't know. I don't, does that really work with? officers I, I don't know i don't know i don't know i, I don't know either but i'm I mean, just like hey I, like I can if, give you more feet. if they're gay i'd be like a big teddy bear maybe. <laughs> yeah well, that's true they would love you <laughs> they would love me so i'm loved by all of them so snuggly <laughs> right cuddly muffin so that would be different but most of them would look at me and be like uh yeah you're, you're getting a fucking you're ticket, getting a ticket <laughs> you're an asshole <laughs> right and i would say but i'm a nurse so like yeah likely story yeah whatever you don't even look like a nurse whatever carpenter you, you're you're a criminal i can <laughs> yeah, tell yeah, yeah. you're a total criminal <laughs> true no i just didn't feel like i wanted to put the nursing stuff all over and i it wasn't because i wasn't proud it's because i didn't want to do shit on my day off yeah, no, that's a very important point because I've, so. Like you're on the flight and they're like, can we get somebody that's medical? And you're like closing your eyes. Yeah, and it's like, funny. Isn't she a nurse? And you're like, fuck you, I'm not a nurse. <laughs> Son of a bitch. And then you get up and you got to do shit. Like, no, I don't want to do that shit on my day off. No, 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 no. I don't want to do it when I'm not getting paid for it. Exactly. And that's. I mean, isn't that terrible? Con- We're so terrible. It's. <laughs> Hold, so let me let me qua- let me quantify all okay. of this first. Or qualify, qualify. We're not terrible people. Qua- no, we're not terrible people. All the time. Well, okay, yes, we are. Mm-hmm. 
the dark, I, we, I explained this a while back and I'm stuttering because there's a lot of, I want to say, and I don't know which way to fucking go. <laughs> so Here I'm, we go again. Yeah, I know it happens. So a buddy of mine and I were talking about what came first, the dark sense of humor or were you a nurse first? Like, did you have, Ooh. A, did Ooh, you, that's really hard. That's really hard. Right. Because he said he thinks it comes after you've been a nurse and you've seen a lot of stuff and yeah. then you develop a dark sense of humor as a coping mechanism for what you're experiencing. I think that that's probably and it, for the partly mo- true. Yeah. For most people, yeah. I would say that's probably true. Yeah. Not for me. Well, you think, were always born just evil. So yes, I was, that makes sense. And Maleficent. So it's perfect. Hello, team. Hi, hello. Hi team. So we, I, we, I think had a pretty dark sense of humor going into this. Now, did I get that from years of construction work? Or did I get that from being a medic? Or did I get that? Oh, medic hands down. But I think probably it's just. Uh, I, might have, I probably had it a little bit prior to that yeah, too. Yeah, probably. A little bit. So I think this just exacerbated what was oh, yeah. existing already. Yeah. You know, and, and it allowed me a forum. However, you got to be careful of this. You have to find like-minded individuals. Oh, yeah. No, you, otherwise you'll offend like everybody in the room. And they're like, oh, my God, you're so evil. They gave you a license. Right. How did you? You'll do it on Twitter. I did. A, I posted something on Twitter about masks early on in the fucking pandemic. And I, it was just a fact that prior to COVID, if I wore a mask walking down the hallway, I would have been accosted by management. Oh, yeah. You can't wear that um, isolation in, in the hallway. You're going to spread germs. Yeah, you're going to spread germs all through the hospital. Mm-hmm. But now, if you're not wearing it, I know, I know, tra- I know, I know, I <laughs> know. Uh, rules, yeah. they change, subject to change. So I had made that comment and I got, I don't know, 20,000, 30,000 yeah. comments or views. And, mm-hmm. But they had called for my death. Like they wanted, they hoped my daughter, my picture of me and my daughter on Twitter, it was like, I hope, I hope she has a dad that doesn't want to kill her. And like, oh, um, Jesus it was, Christ. it was ridiculously yeah. insane. And had I been the person that really gave a shit, what anyone thought, it would have hurt my feelings. Right. Yeah. But you don't have feelings. So I don't okay. have, it's yeah. perfect. That's what I mean. Yeah. Hence the dark sense of humor. Exactly. Right? Yeah. So where were we going with this? Well, you know, it's funny that you, with the whole dark sense of humor, because I was talking to one of the nurses in the ICU and, you know, there, it's COVID everywhere and everybody's sick. And we were talking about how you could take care of a patient that's so sick, like whatever their disease is. And, but then you'd be like, I'm really hungry. Yeah. Can right. Just go eat really quick. <laughs> and I mean, you could have had your hand in like someone's chest and it could be bleeding out everywhere. And it's a they trauma. They could have shit the bed. Yeah. Totally. And that's fine. You just and, cleaned up four gallons of and like, I'm like, poo I and vomit. I just want like a burger or something. Like I'm hungry. And, <laughs> right. But people who aren't in med- medicine don't get that. Like I could, you know, we'd be on a scene call and it was disastrous and god awful. And I'd be like, can we go to McDonald's on the way home? <laughs> can we just go because I'm really hungry right now. Because that's like, <laughs> right. It just makes. Well, it reminds me, of, so nurses are similar to like news reporters, because news reporters will give a horrible story. And the severed head right. was kept in a bag. Yeah. On to weather. Like, yeah. they just move on to the <laughs> yeah, next thing. Like, okay. And whatever, that w- that happened. Now let's transition. And I, I was talking about how when you're doing chest compressions on a code blue, you, there's a lot of people in the room. Mm-hmm. But most people that arrive in that room are your senior staff. And your senior staff, seldom do you have... <laughs> well, seldom do you have really young people in that room or right. when I say young, I mean new nursing, right, right, right. Not physical age, but time right. in time. Right, in right, certain, right. right. So, cause I hate the term baby nurse, but I've, I was a baby nurse, but I'm just saying, I hate yeah. that. I kind of hate that term. I think it's derogatory yeah. personally. Um, cause I was a fucking man. All right. I wasn't a baby. A nurse. Baby. I was a 
it, baby. You're right. I liked it. <laughs> it's different when you say it. I know. For some reason. I okay. don't know why. Um, so when it came down to me being in a room full of senior people and we were coding a patient, it was very easy to make snide or oh, yeah. what would be off color comments. God, we'd all be sued. Oh, fuck. If, but then when the family members are there, it's funny how lips lock up mm-hmm. and oh, well, you yeah. don't see anything. 100%, any. yeah. But if it's just, I mean, it's sad to say, but if you're over top of a 95-year-old patient who's severely ill, family hasn't been in the ho- into the hospital for two months to see this person, they're traked and pegged, they're living on tube feeding, and they're finally, you're almost like, God bless you. Yeah, like, please and go. Please go with God. Be yeah. comfortable. Enjoy your life. Good. Yeah. You're no one, not in pain anymore. Not that we're trying to kill this person, but we're doing our job to save them. However, there's a lot of comments inside chatter mm-hmm. that would not otherwise happen if a fucking TV camera was uh, on us. Yeah, I know. Exactly. I mean, there's like, oh my God. Did you, so you could talk about like what you did last night while you're doing chest compressions and so and so like, are you getting your nails done? Oh my God. It's like Thanksgiving. I think I want to get this. Hold on. I got to do two minutes. Hold on one second. What yeah. You'll do, do two minutes of compressions. Yeah. And then you're right. like, oh my God, I'm so tired. Okay. So what color are you doing again? Or, you know, oh, you had dinner with so and so. Like you can just totally have this whole conversation. But while I you're, think it takes, I think it takes the humanity out of the position. Oh, because yeah, because I, you're not thinking about, oh, my God, this person's going to could possibly die right here. Correct. But I, I think if you thought solely about the humanity of that situation, mm-hmm. you would not be able to do the job. No. Uh-uh. I be honestly terrified. don't believe so. You'd yeah. be like sad and crying. Oh, my God, this grandpa is dying. Like oh, you'd be yeah. upset. And I've seen people get totally upset because they got really close to their patients and they saw them oh, every yeah. day I, for I've had that too. Yeah. months, yeah. you know, and then they die and it's very heart wrenching. And mm-hmm. I'm only dealing with adults. I can't even fathom what it would be like in God a bless fucking pediatric freaking nurses. Yeah, God bless you guys. I can't do your job and no. I appreciate you yes, so much. So much. I couldn't not. I've Mm-mm. said that numerous times. Pediatrics, no way. I want nothing to do with no. that shit. No. I don't even want my, like my kids are like, it hurts. I'm like, oh, go find someone that cares. That's <laughs> not me. You know, I know. what I mean? Rub some dirt on it, I guess. Get back in the game. But I broke my leg. No, you didn't. It's no, fine. It's, it's fine. Well, you know, like my best friend, she works as a, she's an NP at one of the other hospitals in the ER. And so we used to have a deal when we worked in the ER together as nurses. Like if it was a peds patient, I'll give you 20 bucks to start that IV because I don't want to be near that kid. And she'd be like, well, you're so weird. Why can't you do that? I'm like, it just breaks me out. Yeah. But give me a trauma and I'm oh, golden. Yeah. I'm, I'm fine. And she's holes. like, I don't really like it. And I'm like, no, 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 I'm fine. So, we, you know, we all have our own. Yeah. But peds I can't do. So uh, some of my friends have been friends from my past life have went into nursing for some reason. And they're like messaging me. Oh, I became a nurse. I'm like, oh, cool. I totally didn't expect that to happen. Right. But they have. And they're saying, like, how do you know what you want to do? I'm sorry, but I think you fucking know. You're just asking for validation. Yeah, I knew before I became yeah. Well, I mean, I was a, I was a nurse's aide for four years before I started nursing school. So I okay. was already working in the hospitals and I was exposed and, you know, so I kind of already had that. I know what I want to do. It was either ER or ICU, one of those two. Okay. So by the time I was out of school or on this interview <laughs> with the neuro director and be like, right. I don't really know what I'm saying. I kind of already knew what I wanted. Right. So I can't imagine going through all two years or three, however long program you take and not know what you want when you get out. That's kind of, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure people, it happens to a bunch of people, but like I knew right away. 
See, and I when I talk to new nurses, I say, look, you have to kick your door in. You can't just go apply and hope they call you. That's true. Because you are going to be one of a thousand employees applying for five positions. Mm-hmm. If you want that job, you show up. Now, it's different now because of COVID, but pre-COVID, right? Oh, yeah. You would like I went to the I went to the ICU at the hospital and I said, "Yeah, by the way, I heard you got a position available." Yeah, and he says, "Uh, yeah," and he knew me because he had seen me, you know, through school. I had right. done preceptorship through there, and I said, "Yeah, I heard you have a position available, and I'm just gonna come get it." Yeah, not not can I have it? It was I'm gonna come get yeah. it kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah, and he's like, "Well, we don't really have a spot." I said, "No, I think you do. I think you got room for me." Yeah, because I'm gonna be a good nurse for you. I will be here every day and I'm going to work hard. Yeah, you hard have to act like you know your shit. And then your first day you're like, what the fuck did I oh, do? Oh, yeah. The, I'm <laughs> Why did you, if, I do this? <laughs> if there was a graph, to, to <laughs> knowledge graph on what you started at and where you ended up, even in the first month. Oh, yeah. It'd be a straight line, like a vertical line for me. And I felt like I was kind of cocky and came in with a bunch of skills. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, no. I remember my no, first day. Wasn't. I remember like in the neuro ICU. My patient was on continuous EEG, CVVHD, or, you know, the dialysis, mm-hmm. um, multiple pressors, and I just remember standing there going, what the fuck did I get myself <laughs> into? Like, right. like, what? And I remember they offered me cardiothoracic ICU, which did pediatric and adult transplant. Oh, wow. And I just thought to myself, like, there's no way I could be in that unit. <laughs> no. Those people are crazy. Yeah. Yeah, but so, and then, but, uh, you know, you start these new jobs and, you know, I remember the first day walking in as an NP going, what am I doing? Yeah, right. <laughs> like, why am I here? There, But there was a transition, at least from the, from the bedside to NP. Oh, yeah. That was easier. I yeah. think it was easier. Different. Totally. Yeah, it's different. It's more, um, not responsibility. That's not, it. it's but there's liability. That. Yeah, much more liable for, for, for sure. For sure. Like it, it almost makes you be like, oh, I don't know if I want to give that drug. Right. All of a sudden now you're, I don't know if I felt more responsible for my actions. Yeah. Like I, I, I don't want to prescribe this to you because I'm not sure that that's the most appropriate thing or are you going to do it the way you're supposed to? Like you, all these things you think about, but as a bedside nurse, you're like, oh, well, Dr. Smith told me to push this drug, so I'm going to do it. I mean, I know what it does and whatever, but I'm going to, mm-hmm. you know. And even if you don't know what it does, you're still going to well, do it. Well, that's true too. <laughs> That's a whole other Oprah. (laughs) There are a lot of us monkeys out there that just do. Yeah, true. Monkey see, monkey do. Exactly. But there's definitely a more sense of a liability, I think, when when you change into that role. Like even now, I'll walk by and they're like, oh, can so-and-so have this? And I'm like, "Mm, what's the story? Yeah, why? Why do they want that? And I, I guess for me, it wasn't so much. There was that. But I think for me, it was more about... I was no longer dealing with people who wanted to keep me down. And that sounds weird. Oh, yeah, totally. But women, and I, I say this with the most love and respect for women. I'm going to qualify my comment here. But women are catty. And what? That's what I heard. I heard a rumor. Oh, my God. What? That's I have crazy. A, I have a daughter. And when you put two of them together, they're friends. But three of them together, it's yeah. like fucking fights happen. And like you two girls were just friendly. And then we brought the third girl in. Oh, they're both It's now. a different thing. Yep. Put 12 of them in a unit. Holy mm-hmm. shit. And they'll smile to oh, your face and tell so you mm-hmm. how sweet and happy yep. you are. Yep. And I was, I used to call myself the pack mule. 
Oh, yeah, because, hey, can you help me turn my patient? Oh, yeah, and they'd come up to you and bat their <laughs> eyes, all like, oh, Tyler, my Tyler, will you help me? Turn? When you have a second, could you help me turn my patient? He's 400 pounds. Yeah, I'm like, you know what? You think you're cute, which is funny. You're like, my back hurts, bitch. I don't want to help you. <laughs> yeah, but, but I just turned all my patients myself. Maybe, maybe you should fucking suck it up because yeah. we both get paid the same. And yeah. you probably get more than me because you've been here longer. <laughs> I'm just saying. Like, I don't get extra for having muscles, okay? I don't get extra. It's true. There's no, yeah, there's you no, definitely were abused. No a pain, man, for pain sure. is bonus yeah, in the, no, no, in the nursing room. No. I mean, I'm one of 10%. Yeah. Like, I'm a 10%er. Yeah. But when I stepped over the nurse practitioner, stepped into the nurse practitioner role, I feel that it was, one, I feel like I went to the bottom of the pile, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. I went to the bottom of the knowledge pile. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm like, what? Hold on. Let me look this shit up. Yeah. Like, I do. Because they don't a, teach you shit in school. No, no. <laughs> and I so don't, you come out and you're like, wait, what? Yeah. Let me look this up. <laughs> well, you learn stuff in school, but you learn where to find it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> you learn where to research the data, really. Yeah. I think that's what I learned most in school is where, how to cover your ass, how to make sure you didn't do something wrong, and where to find information. Right. How right. to use a PDR. Yeah, you no, know, for sure. Yeah. The physician desk reference. How to use that document, how to find drug interactions and what's happening. And because I don't, unless you went to medical school and spent all this time becoming a pharmacist. I hear doctors talk about, I don't know anything about that drug. Like you become rat holed into your. Oh, because yeah, you're, you're just, yeah. Yeah. You're, you're neuro, right? So you focus on neurodrugs. And if someone gives you like an antidepressant or some shit, it might not be in your realm. Right. Right. Someone talks to me about, I have to know diabetes drugs because all my fucking patients are diabetic. Right. Right. Yeah. You know, and I got to know my cardiac drugs, but I don't know a whole lot about neuro drugs. Right. 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 You know, I'm not doing a lot of stuff. It's not happening. <laughs> right. No, I get it. I don't know. And I find too that I easily revert to my nurse role mm-hmm. because it's been there for so many years and it's comfortable. Yeah. Um, but in that was respect too, I could be like, okay, I can see the whole picture. Like this patient is an ADRS and he's in, you know, with all these problems and okay, this is why this happened because of this. Right. And sometimes when we're like rounding with the residents or the med students, they don't, obviously they don't see that. And so they're like, oh yeah. And, and that's because being a nurse for so many years, you see that whole picture and you're like, oh, okay, well this is why this is happening. Right. Makes sense. Yeah. But you see, because you've seen it before, just like right. your buddy who fell out of the helicopter, yeah. done it before. Yeah. He's able to yeah. assist Put you. Put your seatbelt on. <laughs> Don't fall out of the helicopter. So you're able to assist new physicians, new nurse practitioners coming to the program to help them learn because of things you failed. Oh, yeah. Because what's, what's that old saying? There's a difference between knowledge and wisdom. Like knowledge comes after failure wisdom comes after a lot of failure or something yeah. like something like that <laughs> yeah i guess so yeah right you learn quickly but you'll get really smart if you fucking fail a bunch of times at it to oh yeah figure it out oh yeah and we all have our i like, probably butchered the saying it's horror. probably totally different <laughs> i don't even know we all have our horror stories you know nurse horror stories nurse practitioner horror stories doctor horror stories of like how you just screwed it all up and then that's how you learn to not make that mistake again. And I remember frantically calling a patient and thank God he lived like four hours away, calling him and telling him, do not take the med I just prescribed you. Yeah. Do not take that drug. Yeah. I don't know what I was doing, man. Yeah, yeah sorry. Uh, you, don't, you have a second-degree heart block, and I just gave you a beta blocker. Please don't take that drug. Please, yeah. please, please don't do it. <laughs> like, uh, And he goes, okay. Like, he's super easygoing dude. Right. You know, older man. But yeah, I was... Uh, I was 
clenching my ass together going, I just lost my fucking career. I killed a oh, guy. Yeah, yeah. Like, I was worried. Oh, yeah, for sure. And it was early on. I mean, I was I was a nurse practitioner for like an hour. Yeah. Oh, I know. <laughs> you know what I mean? And you come in kind of like you did as a nurse and then you get that confidence because right. now you're with a group of people that don't, they're not looking at you as a threat because you're not a threat to right. any of the providers you're just not right you're and you're not an equal necessarily but you're not a threat right so you're treated i think you're treated differently as opposed to when you walk onto the nursing floor as a new nurse they're looking at like you you like your prey oh yeah what does she know who does she think she is how long has she been here for yeah when she buy those tits like all that stuff is just going through their head yeah no for sure why did why does she think oh yeah her scrubs are way too tight she's just trying to land a doctor like there's all this condescending stuff that happens on the back end and it has nothing to do yeah 100 with anything and it's almost like they i say they as if those people who are talking like that aren't gonna ascend to anything else that's where they're gonna be the rest of their lives is in that position right and they're instead of being helpful and accommodating they almost become not everyone, but a lot of times it mm-hmm. seems to be they become contradictory and aggressive. Yeah. Well, that whole saying, nurses eat their young. Oh, yeah. That's Hands a saying down. for a reason, right? Oh, my God. Yeah. The stories. So, yeah. It's in the fire service. It wasn't that way. In the fire service, it was very supportive and in a, in a very aggressive, bullying, loving way. But, you know, I have to say it's my medic partners and my family, like those are... My me- my medic that was with me, whoever it was that was on shift, like that was my person. Twenty four hours, you were. I had your back. You had my back. It didn't matter what happened. Like you were. We took care of each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, there definitely is this sense of family that you get with EMS. Right. You don't really have that hardcore with nursing. And why is that? I wonder. I don't know. It's weird because See, my my EMS friends and family like they are my my people you know mm-hmm. but and i have nursing friends that i that i adore and we, we still get together and, and whatnot but if i had to call somebody and be like i need help yeah more than often my ems friends would be the first people at my door right like you're my you're my family and and we're gonna do whatever right i don't no. know why it's like that i don't either it's it's so weird but that is true because, and I even noticed it in the fire service where if you were weak on a, whatever you were weak on, like you, you didn't know how to start IVs. Yeah. Right? Okay. You, let's do it. Let's, we're going to spend all day today. We're going to do it. Yeah. And I remember I was not the best driver when I was driving the ambulance. They didn't I was, let me drive. They didn't? Weird, huh? No, that's probably a good thing. No, I didn't want to drive at all. I was like, I'm going to wreck this thing. Right. <laughs> so I, I had a, he was an older medic. Um, and he had retired from one department and then he came to work for our department and he was a captain in our department. And so when he came to us, I was driving and he had happened to, he's the medic on shift, picked up an extra shift that day as a, as the medic, not the, not the captain. He right. picked up the shift as a medic. And so he's working with me. I was an intermediate at the time and we ran paramediate for all calls. So I was driving, he was teching. And we got down to the hospital, and for us, it was a 30-minute drive to the hospital every time because it's down the canyon. Oh, wow, yeah. From Park City to University of Utah was where our trauma center was. And we were picking up skiers and snowboarders and everything from the mountains. And he said to me, he goes, we're going we're gonna to do a, a test when we get back because I got to teach you how to drive. And I thought I was a good driver because I yeah. had no accidents. And, you know, I was yeah. a good driver. He says it's different. And I'm going to show you why it's different. And I want you to understand the difference because if you don't understand it, you'll never get it. Right. 
So he straps me to a backboard. He oh, puts, yeah. He puts me on a stretcher. Back when their driver sucks. <laughs> it's awful. Yeah. He put me on the fucking backboard and he put me on the stretcher and he drove. He goes, this is how you stop. And he, I thought I was going to run through the head of that. Yeah. And then he said, this is how you should stop. And he slowed it. Just that amount of teaching and the time he took with me, he could have been a condescending jerk and never oh, said yeah, anything sure. to me ever. Sure. He could have not helped me. Yeah. But I will always remember that kind of comment, you know, and there was a doctor at University of Utah. I took a trauma down and the first trauma I ever teched on my own was my first trauma mm-hmm. one. I was like, I'm the badass. Yeah, yeah, me. yeah. He asked me, told me to hold on a minute before I gave my report. And then he asked for my report. Now, people who don't know when you go to a trauma one center, mm-hmm. there's flipping everybody. everybody and their mother-in-law. If you have been so bold as to call pre-hospital a trauma one a level one trauma, everyone that's anyone will be there. Yeah. And you will be on stage like you've never been yeah, on the stage. The light is like right here in your eyeball and you're like, oh my God, they're all looking at me. <laughs> right. It's horrible. I mean, yeah. fun now, horrible then. And I didn't really know what I had gotten myself oh, into. Yeah. You're like, why did I take this job? <laughs> what was I thinking? I'm such an idiot. Because he said... Hold on a minute. I tried to talk. Like I was yeah. ready to spit out my data. Yeah, you're like, was, I'm ready. Yeah. I've been practicing and I was ready. Yeah. I'm chomping. And he goes, Hold on. He listens to the lung sounds. And he goes, Okay, you can move him. And they transferred the patient from our stretch, from our gurney to the bed. And now around the bed is a bunch of these nurses in different colored jerseys. They're like mesh jerseys at University of Utah. And the red one was for the charge nurse. Oh, yellow were for lab like and then oh, so you can kind of identify so you knew who was oh, okay. who. Yeah. Right. And then f- different physicians had their names, bigger names on name tags on them. So you knew who neuro, you knew who GI, oh, you knew okay. who. Yeah. Okay. So it was really set up kind of like a theater mm. as you came in in their trauma room. And there was probably six physicians from different disciplines and a bevy of nurses and the trauma doc for the ER. And he goes, go. And I went, like, I I had a fucking stroke. Yeah. And my, and the, my partner, God bless him. He says, he's a 45 year old. Like hearing my ear, like he's whispering to me. (laughs) He's a 45 year old male. I mean, he's a 45 year old male. Like, yeah, you're like, oh God, you poor thing. (laughs) It was so bad. It was, I'll never live it down. And no one else gives a shit, but I do. Yeah, of course. Nobody today would if i saw them they wouldn't even know what yeah. happened i will never forget it though and i didn't know like i honestly did not know the patient's blood glucose i had no clue what the guy's blood glucose you're like was. i don't and this guy he had been skiing and had been drinking heavily oh yeah and when he skied he came off of a of a jump and landed on a piece of uh heated driveway in a oof weird area and so he stopped instantly well his skis did he didn't and so he had like bilateral tib fib fractures oh, and yeah occipital fracture and a whole bunch of trauma to his face um so he was a trauma when i got him there i didn't know what his glucose was i had no clue he didn't even check a blood glucose yeah i was so busy getting distraction everything else done the and distraction the distraction <laughs> yeah. was done and i didn't check a blood glucose ever it wasn't even on my radar to do right so go move forward like five, six weeks. I bring another patient down like we do. 
I'm in the hospital and this doctor walks by. He goes, what's the blood glucose? Like just out of the middle of fucking nowhere, yeah. he yells at me. I'm like, it's 47 or whatever. Yeah. Was, you know, teaching yelling, moment achieved. Teaching moment done. And it, <laughs> he must have done that to me three or four times. Yeah. You know, asking me what the glucose was. Even if the patient was learning oriented and talkie, walkie talkie, didn't oh, have yeah. a problem. He would ask. Yeah. But. I didn't forget it again, yeah. you know, and that supportive structure was super helpful in building my knowledge base early on in my career. Oh yeah. And I don't think that happens the way it should in nursing. No, not at all. Not at all. Because I don't know if it just can't maybe because of the gen, maybe there's a gender thing. I don't know. Cause you probably get along better with men than you do women in general. Yeah. Cause they're not catty. There you go. You know, there's, so- your, there's your answer. Yeah, but I mean, the things that I've learned from my medics makes me, number one, respect EMS way more than I ever did before I ever got into pre-hospital. But I also realized, like, they know their shit. So I would get pissed. Like, I'd be in the ER working, like, as just a nurse, and you'd have them come in, and they'd give the report, and then you'd have some snooty nurse be like, oh, my God, that ambulance driver is blah, 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 and he didn't get this IV, and I'm like... Hold the fuck up. <laughs> Number one, they are not ambulance drivers. No. Number two, you have no idea what it's like to be pre-hospital and to try to get all this stuff done in, you know, what your on-scene time is supposed to be less than, you know, eight minutes. And then your right. in-route time is six. And now you're, you're in the hospital and you got to do all this stuff. And then you want them to IVs and blah, 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 blah. Like, you need, you, why don't you come for a ride along? Yeah. Girl. Well, no, that's a, that's a very important point. I think there should be ride-alongs. <laughs> right. But it's different in the city as well because you're generally 10 minutes from any facility. Right. And in 10 minutes, it's very hard to get the basic set of vitals in the story, let alone pop a line in. Exactly. And now if you got two medics in the back, you might be able to accomplish I, that. Well, yeah, true. But I have to say, like, the stuff that I learned from those medics has helped me more today mm-hmm. than, I mean, I could never tell them how much they helped me. You know what no, I mean? No, I could and, never thank them as much as they've done. And so every, every medic that I know and EMT and, and, and I, I'm very protective right. of them. I'm like, bitch, don't fucking mess with my people. Right. <laughs> I will cut you and your little nurse. But, but I think, <laughs> I'll stab you. So I think though, with the way that doctor presented that shit to me and called me out later in a, in a loving way, but in a kind of a guy way. In a kind of an EMS way <laughs> in an EMS way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. For sure. Had he done that to a nurse? Oh my God. He was so mean to he me. He was mean to me. You hear my feelings. Yeah. He was making fun of me. Like I didn't take it that way. Yeah. I didn't, no, I know. not ever one time did I take it that way. I knew what he was doing, mm-hmm. but there was a, there was a hazing element to that. Just being in that job. Right. There but was you a, know what? I think if you had an older nurse that was with in that similar situation. Right. Because she's been there for so long or he's been there for so long. Right. Would see that as like, this is not a personal situation. He's just trying to teach you this, this teach you something. Correct. But I, th- I think an old, an older nurse wouldn't need to be taught. Well, that's true too. Through it. No, but I'm saying but like, they would be able to know, explain it to the right. younger nurse for right. sure. Like, this is what he's doing. But, but try and do that today. So someone gets a, you know, feeling hurt yeah. and they're instantly going to HR. Can you do this? I don't even know if you could do it anymore with the cancel culture and the whole ideology and the I don't know. PC crowd. I don't know that you can do some of that. Although today. I gotta say like being a nurse practitioner now, I really am so happy. I don't have to work for corporate. Yeah. Like, did you fill out your whiteboard? Oh, did that you, shit did, was did you annoying. Do a postcard? Did you, did you do this measure? Did you, it's, it's like there's, 
there was more t- menial tasks for being tasks than yeah. there was for even when doing I was it. in a supervisor role, I felt awful every day having to tell my nurses, "Hey, could you fill out this stuff?" Because, like, I know you're over there, you're doing your job, you're trying to get make this patient live throughout your shift, and then you know, hey, could you update that whiteboard and blah blah blah? And I'm like, fuck, this is terrible. But I had a I had a nurse, a really experienced nurse, that broke that down for me in a really cool way, and it made it easier. Um, and I stopped looking at it as as, as an I mean, annoyance. I understood the It'd why. Be, I got, I got I that. I don't fucking even today. I think but it's annoying as it's hell. Still, it's still like in the grand scheme of things, I could give three shits that there's my name on the whiteboard and who's the so-and-so for the day when I'm trying to make sure that you live throughout this. Yeah. And what shit. tasks they had and what's the patient's name go by. And there's a lot Do of stuff like on a whiteboard. Do you like fluffy better than, you know, like, yeah, I don't right. know. Okay, fine. Yeah, right. What's your pain scale? And, you know, did we see Kumbaya this morning? And Right, right, right. Do you prefer white bread or wheat bread? Like it was all on the fucking whiteboard. True. However, I after working for a while in the ICU, you develop kind of different skills and repetitions, and like mm-hmm. you do and everything. And I had a nurse say, "Why do you do it?" Like they questioned me, "Why are you doing it like this?" And I would give them a reason, and they'd say, "I'm not saying you're doing it wrong. I just want to show you a different way." Right. And that was super helpful. That's a great way to approach it, as to say you're doing it wrong. Because right. there's multiple ways to skin a cat, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. So they would show me their way, and it was just, it became part of my routine to, like, walk in the room, erase the whiteboard, put my shit on it mm-hmm. right away, done, never yeah. questioned again, do my cursory assessment, chart my morning note, and be, I was done in an hour with both my patients, and everything was right. fucking ready, and I had cleaned up my beds and made sure all my V-bags were hung, and everything was ready, as opposed to bitching that oh my, like, I haven't been in this whiteboard. Yeah, no, or, I, I or mean, yeah. listening to a manager tell me your time management skills are really lacking. Yeah. Man, I'm going to fucking stab you with time management. Yeah, no, for sure. But I do find that my time management as a nurse practitioner has gone through the shitter. <laughs> well, I've had to like figure out how to, I'm still think I'm learning that right now. Right. Like, you know, when I get to the hospital and what do I do and do I this, do this first or how do you know, I'm still trying to, come up with my flow i right. guess right i mean i think i have a pretty good idea but i don't know it could all change when i go back who knows mine changes daily but instead of so it used to be easy when you were an er nurse because they came in and you were developing the charting from the get-go yeah you were you were doing the initial assessment you were seeing everything when i come in as a consultant on a patient that's been in the hospital or been seen and now there's this big note and i'm there to consult because the patient has chest pain yeah. I now feel like maybe I shouldn't, but I do it anyway. I have to read through all the, notes. the ER note, yep, the hospitalist admissions note, yeah, the nursing note that was initially done. I have to read the initial EKG. I have to read all the labs. I literally have to do a research paper on this fucking patient before I can truly chart them yeah. and even talk to the patient. Yeah. I go, I go talk to the patient, and I have knowledge now of kind of why they came in. And I can dig a little deeper into right. what they're going, what's going on, if they're alert and oriented and talking to me. Right. And I can go through and assess. But then I find that I spend a lot of time doing... They're just trying to figure out what the hell is happening. Right. Yeah. Whereas as an ER nurse, it was fluid. It became part of the job. Yeah. Now it seems like my job is to chart my note, specifically for cardiology. But I can't do that until I know all of the background stuff. I know. And it seems like, it, for me, it seems like it's taking a lot of time. Yeah. And it'll get better, I'm sure. But yeah. um, some of my cardiologists are like, w- w- 
why are you doing well we don't worry about that oh okay <laughs> fine I, I guess i guess i won't worry about that next time and then another cardiologist will be like well why didn't you write that because <laughs> okay, yeah i know because this cardiologist well yeah but he's a cardiologist he can say oh what, 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 what am i yeah like I where do i fit in this what fucking, do i do like Am I a spoke in the wheel or am I yeah, part of the I hub know. or am I, am I just on the outside looking in? Like, where do I fit? Yeah, totally. And they've, the, my group's never had a cardio, a nurse practitioner before. So they're still learning how yeah. to utilize me appropriately. Right. right. So it's been a, a learning curve for everybody, right? They're learning what I'm capable of doing or willing to do and how I can, how I can fit in the system in the group and how I can help them. Right. And then I'm kind of was learning my job for the last year and a half, two right. years. Oh, I've yeah, been learning sure. how, how to do it you know, and make it work. So yeah. it's been, it's been interesting. I guess the yeah. best way to describe it. You no. feel that way too? Yeah. I mean, well, my boss, he's only, he's never had a partner before. Right. So <laughs> I'm the first nurse practitioner ever. <laughs> and, um, you're the first coworker. I, I, I am. I'm the first coworker. Um, but the good part is that because of, because of that, and we've known each other prior to us working together, but you know, I guess both of our, our, our main goal besides patient care is like, are you happy? Oh, that's cool. And I, and I, I tell this to him and he says it to me too. Like, okay, like, am I making it better for you? Mm-hmm. Like, are you able, my big thing is, you know, I'm a mom first, right? So I you know, mom, come home, take care of my son. So I try to, you know, mom others, I guess. And I, and I always kind of say to him, you know, okay, well, it, because of me being here, are you able to get home earlier now to the kids? Right. Like to your wife and kids, like is your wife happy to see you? <laughs> does she does she like you? And I don't know. No, I'm sure she she, she's like stay at work she's longer. Like, Why are you here? No, right. um, but you know. But then again, you caught me. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I think it's the we're we're divide and conquer. That's what I tell them all the time. We just got to divide and conquer because sometimes we'll go through three days and we don't even see each other in the hospital, mm-hmm. and then other days we like stumble upon each other. I'm like, Oh, I've seen you like eight times today, you know? Right. But again, at the end of the day is, yeah, it's like, okay, well, are we both making each other's job easier? And are we able to get home earlier to be with the family? And at the end of the day, is the patient being taken care of? Yes. So I think that that's really the big thing that he's realizing too, is like, Hey, wait, I don't have to be here all day or all night. Right. It's super helpful. Well, it's kind of funny from my end because I, so we have cardiology, but I have multiple facets in cardiology. So I have electrophysiologists that just deal with pacers, electronics, mm-hmm. and then I've got plumbers. So I have to be able to see the follow-ups for the PCI patients that have gotten a stint. And then I need to go see follow-up for pacemaker, watchman device, mm-hmm. AFib ablation, right? And they want they all want different shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Even within the same group. They all want different things, right? So you have to like learn which one wants this and who wants what. And right. So my running joke was I need to get a black book. Yeah. Right. I need a black book. And they're like, what do you need a black book for? I said, so that I know what you guys want. Yeah. And so that I can go to my black book and it can be, you know, Dr. Johnson. And I go to Dr. Johnson's page. And it's funny I say that because if you, if, if you've ever worked in the surgical suites and you go into a, a oh, surgical each suite. each person has their own setup, their own way of mm-hmm. doing it. So-and-so's, so-and-so's tray has to be this. Yeah. You'll find that each surgeon has a binder yep. in that and you'll know what size gloves they wear, what scrub tops they wear. Mm-hmm. I mean, all of their details because they're very particular about what they're utilizing and using, which scalpels. Yep. 
everything. So these nursing staff, maybe that's the nurse in me. <laughs> I want to, I want to chart it. I want to put it in a book so that I have it in a binder yeah. so that I know what I'm looking at. When yeah, these no, that, for sure. It's that just, makes total sense. <laughs> the black book. I like that. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of the black book of cardiology. Yeah, no, that makes sense. <laughs> so then I go, oh, okay. So this doctor wants, you know, da 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 da. All right, I'll remember that next time because some guys, some of the docs will want you me to give a patient. Uh, soda law, like after their AFib ablation, we're going to increase their soda law for two weeks and then they're going to come back. And other doctors are like, no, we're going to use flaconide. And like, right, you're like, I don't just, remember. Could, can we just, uh, yeah, it's hard to put that all in my head. And then to come back to the office and I bounce between, see, I see inpatient and outpatient. Mm-hmm. So I'm not just singular hospital based and I'm not just inpatient. So I'm seeing both. So I'll do rounding in the morning in the hospital. Then I'll see my office patients and then inevitably I will pick up some consults through the day. Right. And then I'll end up going in the afternoon and rounding again. <laughs> some oh consults. God. I'm glad I just have one. <laughs> See what I mean? So it's a, it is a little different. I mean, I can, I can understand your position because it's not much nicer to pass through each other, see each right. other at work and be like, Oh yeah, I already saw that patient. And it's a quick conversation. Right. With me, it's like three doctors got a phone call from the hospital because it's, you know, right. the nurse called the doc, the attending that knows a different doctor that's in our group called that doctor. And then that doctor messaged this doctor and they both messaged me. <laughs> yeah. So we've been trying to work on how to create a better line of communication. Yeah, right. I know. And we have it now. It took a while, but we've developed a, a form that's a digital online form that's all on our phone. It's all accessible. So when I have patients to be rounding or whoever's rounding the next day can see that it's either been done. We've signed off on the patient, what their status is. Right. It's like. But we had, like, we had to develop, one of our doctors and I had to develop this fucking program right. <laughs> to, to manage this. Well, you know, if it makes your life easier, then that's, you know, yeah. better. So It's just one of those goofy things that comes up. Jeez. Well, thanks for l- taking part in this uh, crazy yeah, podcast. no problem. This was awesome. We'll have to do it again for sure. All right. Thanks, All right. guys. You've been listening to Medically Unbiased. Visit our website at medicallyunbiased.com. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at Medically Unbiased. Listening to this podcast does not create a doctor-patient relationship. The Medically Unbiased podcast is for general information purposes only. Thanks for listening. 